I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. What is up, my happy lifers? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Happy day after Easter. We are coming at you on location. And the room that I'm staying at here in West Virginia, Mountain Mama. Yep, for all you Mountain Mamas, Mountain Papas, and everyone else, I'm out here in West Virginia. We're doing some happy use out here. Boy, we're busy. We're doing some happy use. Uh, next week, we're going to Washington, D.C., and in the midst of being shown around by my friends out there, we're going to be doing some happy use out there as well. We had a happy you a couple nights ago um, right here where I'm staying, and it was phenomenal. Uh, we're getting ready to launch a YouTube page for an up-and-coming star. Yep. And she's only nine years old, and she is fantastic. We'll probably let you know about her in the future. I'm also helping a very successful business lady that feels like her message has got to get out there more. And she wanted to know about podcasting, so I'm going to help her start a podcast uh, tomorrow. In fact, if we get some time, I might even interview her, and we'll, we'll put her up on a podcast coming up in the future. So we are super busy. Some super cool things are happening out here. The weather has been fantastic. Um, the scenery has been fantastic. The company has been fantastic. And so that's kind of what's been going on here. But I wanted to make sure that I got some time to record a podcast to put it out uh, for Monday, the day after Easter. So remember last week we talked about Jesus got down to business the day after Palm Sunday. And the same way his followers, his disciples, got to business the day after Easter. I mean, you talk about 12 guys that no one else would pick. When they were kids on the playground in Jerusalem, I'm sure they were the last ones picked for kickball. Let's just put it that way, right? But those 12 people over a number of years changed the world. And that happened after Easter. After Jesus died for us and he rose again from the grave and it came up, the Bible says, with the keys to death, hell and the grave in his hand. And he gave those to us. You know, John three 16, you've seen the guy at the football games holding the signs up. It says, for God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, that if anyone would believe in this Jesus, they would be forgiven of their sins. He would give them eternal life. And that life doesn't just start when we get to heaven. That life can start now. God wants us to live now. You know, our, our credo, our, our main verse that we hold everything off of in Happy Life Studios is Psalms 105, verse 3. You who seek God live a happy life, exclamation point. Now, when we get to heaven, man, if, if we receive Christ and we ask him to forgive our sins, um, we become his friend, then he allows us into this kingdom that he's built for, for all of us. And those that want to walk in that way get to enter in on that and life is going to be amazing up there. There'll be no sorrow, no sickness, no sadness anymore, no struggle or pain anymore. Um, but I don't want to wait until I get to that point so I can be happy. 
so I can live a full life. He wants us to be free and free indeed, the Bible says. He doesn't want us just to live free. He wants us to be really free. But there's more. I'm telling you, there's more. It's not just about forgiveness of sins. I know like we talked about in Palm Sunday last week that Jesus died so that we could be forgiven of our sins, right? And we could have an eternal life with him in heaven, a place that he built for us. But I'm telling you something, there's more. There's more. Jesus died because he wanted to love us more. At the Last Supper, man, when he's sitting there with all the disciples around the table, he took the bread that was on the table and he said, I am the bread of life. Whenever you eat this, think of me. And if we think about God every time we eat, at least I know... For me, I'll be thinking about him a lot, right? And we took up that, held up that, that cup, and he said, whenever you drink this, think of me. He, he, in John chapter 15, he talks about live in me, make yourself at home in me, remain in me. And so the disciples were heartbroken. What do you mean you're going to die? I don't want to receive that. La, 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 la. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. You can't leave us. You're the Messiah. You got to set us free. And they had no idea how God was going to do that. They thought they had it figured out in their mind, but most people missed Jesus because they thought he was going to show up in the way that they wanted him to show up. And a lot of times we think that God doesn't have a plan for us or for our lives because he's not showing up the way we think he should show up. But truth is we don't have a clue because he's God. Isaiah chapter 55 talks about his thoughts aren't like our thoughts. They're higher than our thoughts. His ways aren't like our ways. And, and most people missed him because they never expected God to show up as a little baby in a horse feeding trough, right? Cow feeding trough. They didn't expect him to show up in a stable. They expect him to show up as a conqueror, as an emperor, as a, at least as a, as a soldier, like a Roman soldier. They expect, they wanted him to show up and, and kick some Roman butt and set them free and, and do it the way they wanted to do it. We don't always see because sometimes we, we hear that God has a plan for us, but then we, we go through troubles, we go through hard times, we go through, through difficult times. We think, I thought God had a plan for me. He must not because life is in the middle of Death Valley right now. But the Bible says that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And oftentimes what that means is if I'm in a difficult time, it doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan for my life. It means that I'm actually probably in the process of that plan right now. Oftentimes life gets in the way, oftentimes struggle gets in the way, and oftentimes struggle is that very thing that sharpens us, that builds us, that strengthens us to be able to handle that cool thing on the other side, to be able to handle that blessing, to be able to handle that plan that God has for us. You you take a young young kid or you take a kid and you make him a star and you give him all this money, boy, it often oftentimes it'll it'll ruin them. They don't know how to handle all that. They haven't been seasoned, right? So God knows that he doesn't want us to just bless us, but he wants us to keep the blessing. And sometimes that that comes from getting seasoned, from getting mature, for, from getting strengthened. And that happens sometimes going through the valley of the shadow of death. It happens going through a difficult time, but we don't expect God to show up that way. So we think that God hasn't shown up that way, right? I mean, they had to have been heartbroken to see Jesus on the cross, to see the Roman soldiers come in the garden that night after the last supper. And they're, they're, they're trying to pray with him and they're falling asleep. And all of a sudden they're awakened and, and, and all these Roman guards show up and they take Jesus away. And then Peter pulls out his sword and he, and he swings it at that one of the guards and, and the ear, ear falls off, you know, and then not only does Jesus get taken by the guards, but he, but he tells Peter to stop it. And then, then he picks up the ear and he puts it on the guards head again and fixes the guard. Wait a minute. So not only is Jesus getting taken away in the middle of the night, but he's going peacefully. I thought 
You were my conqueror. I thought you were my savior. You're the one who's going to save me. You're the one that's going to help me. And we think that, God, I thought you were going to save me. Why am I in the middle of all this if you've got a plan for me? If you're my savior, why are you going through all this stuff? This isn't how it's supposed to be done. I go to church. I'm faithful. I'm supposed to have a good, a good salary. I don't want to be rich, but you're supposed to bless me this way and bless me that way. And so when God doesn't, and we go through difficult times, we tend to think, oh, I thought God was on my side, but I guess he isn't. He is. He does have a plan for you. And you're in the middle of that process right now. You're in the sharpening stage, in the strengthening stage. And, and sometimes that's just the, the path that we have to go through to get there. Other times it's the path that strengthens us. And other times, you know, the enemy of our souls, if there's a God, there's a devil, right? And the devil just wants to get in the way. So he's going to throw obstacles and, and barbs and all sorts of fiery darts the Bible talks about. And he's going to throw these things at us, right? I'm not talking about actual physical fiery darts. You know, I'm talking about other things. So it could be a number of things that the difficult thing that you're going through right now. But truth is, God is going to walk you through it. The Bible doesn't say, though I camp in the valley of the shadow of death. The Bible says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And God does have a plan for your life. And those disciples had to have been so confused, so befuddled. Wait a minute, what, where are you taking him? He can, you're my savior. And they're watching him die on the cross. And they're thinking, why would you allow that to happen? I need you to be my answer, to be my strength. You can't give in like that. You can't let them do that to you. Snap your fingers, have a thought, kill all these, all these people that are putting you on the cross that are torturing you. Aren't you glad that God doesn't do that to us? I mean, all the times I say bad things about him, all the times I turn my back on him, all the times I deny him. Peter isn't the only one that denies God. We all struggle with not including God in our lives and, and not wanting to let God guide us. And we all are guilty of that, right? It isn't just Peter that does that, but it's all of us. Jesus, why don't you snap your fingers and get off that cross and, and let's get down to business, right? But God had a different plan. He said, I have to go away. What do you mean you have to go away? You don't have to go away. I want you to stay here. I have to go away. Why do you have to go away? Well, we say because our sins could be forgiven, and that is true. He had to pay that price so our sins could be forgiven. But God wanted to love his disciples more. He wanted to love us more. That's why Easter that's why the death and the resurrection, because he wanted to love us more. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second, steve What do you mean God wants to love us more? How can he love us more? The Bible says that God is love and God is perfect and his love is perfect. So how can he love us more? John chapter 15, you go farther down in that chapter. You know, he just got done telling us, live in me, make yourself at home in me, remain in me. You know, he just got done saying that. And then he says, greater love has no man than this. No one has greater love than this. He says in verse 13, John chapter 15, verse 13, then someone lay down his life for his friends. Then a man lay down his life for, for his friends. How does Jesus love us more when he's already perfect, when he is love, when he is perfect love? How can he love us more when there's no greater love than to lay your life down for his friends? So he laid his life down. How can he love us more? Because when he had to live in a physical body, can you imagine God being up in heaven? Jesus is up there in heaven, and the next minute he's in a teenager's belly. And he, he could, wherever he wanted to go, he could just think a thought, and he's there. He's everywhere all the time. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time, right? But now to get somewhere, he's got to walk in a body, right? <laughs> or take a donkey or a colt or something. He's got he's to go places. Now he's restricted to this body. 
Jesus wanted to love his disciples more, but when he lived in a body, he could only love so many at a time. When he is in Jerusalem, he can't be in Nazareth, and he can't be in America. He can't be in Ghana. He can't be in China. But now that he died and went up to heaven, the Bible says that he sent the comforter. He spent, he sent God, the Holy Spirit, the comforter. Oh, I love that concept. His spirit now can live inside of us. And if his spirit doesn't guide you, doesn't live inside of you, man, you're missing out on something. All you have to do is just say, God, I want that. God, I want that. Live inside of me, man. Guide me. Holy Spirit, take me. The Holy Spirit is simply the presence of God. As Jesus, his presence could only be as big as where he was at, that the people that he could talk to at that moment. But when he went up into heaven, oh, man, he went up into heaven. He could send down his Holy Spirit that could be, that could, that's how we, we could remain in him. Because you listen to this podcast, you could be hanging out with God's Spirit at the same time I am. He could be in you while he's in me and we're in different parts of the world. We're on opposite ends of the world. We've had listeners in Italy. God could be in Italy right now while he's in Ghana, while he is in Canada, while he is in Mexico, while he is in Houston. That's why he had to go because he loved us purely and he loved us perfectly, but he wanted to love us more. And the only way he could love us more would be able to remain in us. And he couldn't remain in us or even by us when he was Jesus. But when he sends his spirit down, his spirit can remain in us. His spirit can remain around us. His spirit can guide every one of us, even through the difficult times. He can rejoice with us in the good times. There's someone right now that's having a great time and God is celebrating with you. Even if you're not even acknowledging him or know that he is, he's celebrating with you because he made you and he loves it when you succeed. And yet there's somebody else in a corner somewhere holding their knees to the chest right now, crying and broken and, and hurting and, and he's hurting with them. That's why he died. So he could go up into heaven give us the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and then he could inhabit in us. One translation in John 15 says he could make his home inside of us. Revelation 3.20, it talks about Jesus saying, behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's talking about us, our hearts, our lives. I stand at the door of your life and I knock. And if you let me in, I will come in and I will sup with you. Like, what's up, right? He wants to hang out with us. And now he can. You know why? Because he's not restricted to human flesh, but he's a spirit that can be anywhere. For some of you that are about to go through something, he's already there. He's already there waiting for you when you get there and that trip line is going to trip you up. You know what? He's going to catch you when you fall. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And as Jesus, he can only hang out with 12 guys. There's only a couple times when he spoke in front of large groups. The rest of the time he's hanging out one-on-one. He's hanging out in small groups with people, and now he can hang out one-on-one with every one of us at the same time. Happy day after Easter. Yeah, you better believe it. Am I glad that my sins are forgiven? Yeah, not just the ones I've committed in the past, but the ones I'm probably going to commit tomorrow or the next day. I mean, because we, we sin, that's what sinners do. And I know that I'm a saint and all this stuff, but I also know that I'm a human being and I'm weak and I'm going to sin. And Jesus already paid a price for that. But you know what I love? What I really love? 
this is the reason why God wanted to go to heaven so he could love us more so that he could exist inside of us and around us, above us and below us, before us, behind us. He can protect us. He can help us. But he had to die to leave that body that he lived in that we called Jesus, right? Go up into heaven so that he could send God, the Holy Spirit, to live around us, to live in us. That same baby Jesus that is so innocent to us on Christmas Day, that same spirit can live inside of us. And the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, it will quicken your mortal bodies. It will quicken you. It will excite you. It will enliven you. Talk about a happy life. Hashtag happy life exclamation point. Hello, I want that spirit to live inside of me and liven me, to happy life me, to quicken me, to help me, to comfort me, to breathe life into me. So, Jesus, thank you that you died and you went to hell for three days and that you rose again. So not just so I could be forgiven of my sins, but so that you could dwell in me right now and that you could love me even more than you loved your 12 disciples because you can hang out with me all the time. And I want to take advantage of that. God, help us to take advantage of that. We want you to dwell in us dwell around us, to be in front of us and behind us, above us and below us. We want you to make yourself at home inside of us. And so we just ask you to do that. Help us to remain in you. Make yourself at home inside of us. And then use us to spread your love, your happy, to all the people that we come in contact with as well. Happy day after Easter. Someone happy, make just one someone happy, and you will be happy too. Peace.